All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast. It's Friday. It's February 3rd. I am Doug Norrie, owner-operator of DFSR.com. You know the drill. Sign up for a fe- seven-day, almost said a five-day free trial. There's no such thing as a five-day, a seven-day free trial of our projection system powered by our good friends over at Lineup Lab. That's optimal lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings, bets for FanDuel and DraftKings, Um Members only chat. It's, the whole thing is there. All sports. I'm getting choked up around just how many things are offered over there. NFL coming with the Super Bowl just a few weeks, a couple weeks away. Also got MLB right around the corner. It's all covered under the same subscription package. DFSR.com will get you started free for seven days. Just $29.95 a month after that. There's no better deal in the business, folks. That's all it is. Inflation? Now, nah, same prices. We don't worry about it. Supply chain didn't affect these projections. We are good to go. All right. Got an eight-game NBA schedule, wants to roll through uh, here for Friday. Some really interesting stuff. A lot of bad teams. We love to see it whenever there's uh, just bad teams rolling. That means there's usually DFS value to be had. Sometimes it can be frustrating because bad teams means inconsistent production or it can mean just weird minutes. But we get the teams playing those teams, and sometimes we get the really the double dip of just two bad teams facing off each other, and that's that's where the magic happens, folks. When we get two garbage teams that want to just get up and down the court, play no defense, maybe run some of their young guys a lot of minutes, pile on the stats, look good on the back of the cards, that is where the sweet spot really happens. Then that is what happens when you get Charlotte going against Detroit here in one of the first games of the slate this game has a 241 and a half over under that is the tide for the highest of the slate just for starters so we're getting uh presumably a lot of points going up in this one and there's a very good chance that lamella ball is the highest owned play of the slate he's been a really chalk play especially on FanDuel over the last couple times that he's played 9100 the price has not come anywhere close to what his actual production is when he plays real minutes. And the good news for LaMelo right now is that even with Charlotte just being pretty bad, although they have won three of their last five games, he is kind of just ranging into that 36, 37 minute a game territory when the game is close. That is exactly what we wanted to see. Yeah, sure. Am I lamenting my most improved player award uh, bet for LaMelo Ball preseason? Yeah, because I was. this is one thing I was banking on, was that he was just going to start playing a lot more minutes. And the uh, production, just by on a per-minute basis, was going to go up with Steve Clifford on the bench. That has happened. The problem is the guys like Shea Gilgis-Alexander have been so good. Charlotte's been an absolute train wreck. So the bet is not going to get there on that. But his numbers uh, back up sort of what we originally the original thesis behind the play 19, eight and six last game, triple doubled the game before that against Milwaukee, even like off games, 19, seven and seven against Miami went for 15, 11 and eight against Chicago. This guy can do it all. He piles it up. Uh, you know, is he better fantasy than real life? Probably, but that's who cares. That's what we're doing here. We're doing fantasy basketball and we'd rather be the guy, just be good at fantasy. Who cares about like whether he helps your team win in the long term? I think LaMelo is probably a chalk. I mean, definitely a chalk play on FanDuel. The ownership is going to be almost definitely through the roof. DraftKings 9-7, little closer. You know, I'm not sure if I think you can talk yourself into it because there's just going to be a lot of other cheap plays here. In terms of our system, if I show you, uh, if you're over on YouTube, make sure you're over on YouTube. If you're listening here on the podcast, DFSR YouTube, I'll put the link 
in the show notes. If you can see uh, what we're looking at here in terms of his overall ownership percentages um, right now on DraftKings, he is coming in at around 80% of lineups in the top 10 right now. So that's not overwhelming. If you flip over to FanDuel for us, it's more like a, it's a hundred percent of lineups and that $600 difference in salary is what ends up making the difference for him. But I think it's just going to end up being a strong play either way, you know, mostly because Detroit's a bad team. LaMelo's playing a lot and that is where we kind of want to be for, uh, for fantasy right now, Detroit, I believe ranks second to last, yeah, second to last in defensive efficiency. Charlotte is tied for fourth worst. This is exactly what we want to get into when it comes to just rostering guys uh, from a DFS standpoint. And if we look at it from a de- betting standpoint, too, I think we're in a situation where I do like the overs kind of across the board on this game. Uh, in terms of points, right now, LaMelo coming in at 24 and a half. I like the over on that as long as the game stays close, which I think it will. PJ Washington at mine at 13 and a half looks pretty good too. No Gordon Gordon Hayward is doubtful for this game. Um, it I, he actually might have already been ruled out. I see some books that are still actually having Hayward as a prop. That's a mistake. If you can really take advantage here, if, if Hayward is in here as a prop, that means they're factoring him into play, which they means they have not factored him being out of the lineup. So uh, really, probably pretty good time to take advantage of that if he's still there because guys like pj washington should play more minutes jail mcdaniels should be in the line uh, in the starting lineup for the hornets here uh his production can be really all over the place but from a dfs standpoint at five thousand, i think we take the risk i mean this guy put up like two points and no rebounds or something like that last game but that went off the game before so it's a bit variable but i think you can uh you can go there and then on the other side of the ball Guys like Ivy at 15 and a half over, like it. Bojan Bogdanovic, 22 and a half. Detroit can get weird with their minutes, but he's one of the few guys who doesn't. Not sure how long he's going to be on the team here if he gets moved at the trade deadline. But while it stands, 34, 35 minutes for uh, Bojan looks pretty good. And again, you're getting such a great situation uh, against the Hornets. So I do like taking the overs in this game for basically everyone relevant. Um, and I think you're going to be in a good spot with that. All right, moving on to some other injury pieces. Darren Fox is going to be out for the Kings this game. The Kings face off um, against the Pacers, who probably will be without Tyrese Halliburton. So there's going to be some interesting stuff to take a look at here. With the Kings, I think Davion Mitchell gets the start. We've seen the production on him kind of not be amazing even when he gets the minutes. At 3,000 on DraftKings, you're probably not sweating it too hard as long as he's in the starting lineup. At that point, has to do very little. Good news, he does very little on a game-to-game basis. I think what you can do here with the Kings, and I think this is a pretty easy move, is especially in DraftKings, you stack Davion Mitchell and Malik Monk together. I think Monk probably ends up playing more minutes almost definitely sees uh, more usage in this game. Monk has the highest usage rate on the team at 29.8 when Darren Fox is off the court this season. He played a lot of minutes last game too. He's a six man, but, and they probably will keep it that way. But I think like he has a chance to just play more minutes than Mitchell, right? Like I think even if Davion Mitchell were to get the start, I think Monk is a candidate to just play more. Great matchup against the Pacers. Really like this spot for the Kings. Like I said, with DraftKings, if you, you know, Monk at 4,800, Davion Mitchell at 3,000, 7,800 to roster probably almost all of their backcourt minutes. 
is a spot that I really, really want to be in. And I think that that has a pretty high floor. Mitchell is not as attractive, I don't think, on FanDuel, although Monk is. 3,800, again, this guy is kind of just like low production. He kind of has to get there on assists. He's not a dynamic scorer. So if he plays 30 minutes, yeah, it's 3,800. You're probably doing it. Although it's a little bit closer. Monk at 5,300, though, I think I actually just feel better about that one. Uh, just with the way the Kings have sort of signaled what they want to do from a, a minute standpoint and from a usage standpoint when it comes to Monk. TJ McConnell should get the start here for Tyrese Halliburton. The matchup is a great one. The team is a little healthier outside of Halliburton. We saw the minutes, even with McConnell's start last time, dip down a little bit. I'm a little worried about that. But we've seen this guy be able to absolutely pile it up from a fantasy perspective when the opportunity is there. The matchup against the Kings is a really good one. This game has a high total. Uh, so TJ McConnell, not as lock and load as it was before, be, just because I think we saw it dip down a little bit when guys like Duarte came back, Matherin coming off the bench. Um, they have, they're getting a little healthier at the guards like Nemhart's back in full time here. So it's not exactly the same situation as it was when TJ McConnell was a fantasy god, but it's still a pretty good one. So I think I could talk myself into it, at least on FanDuel. Maybe the DraftKings situation is getting a little bit closer, but um, in general, this game is going to have a lot of value. These first two games on the slate, uh, Sacramento, Indiana, Charlotte, and Detroit, are going to probably see a lot of ownership from these games. I think we might sort of know the tale of the tape when it comes to what's happening with the whole slate just by the time the seven o'clock games uh, have run. So, and that's good. I think that that's the situation we want to be in. It's nice to have all the information early, hate sweating this stuff out about who's playing or not. Like we went through this the other night with the Warriors. It's like, oh, they're all going to sit, but they're all playing, you know, and that game doesn't go off till nine o'clock and it makes for an impossible situation to know what to do in terms of roster and ownership just because like guys like Curry and Draymond sitting out can just really, it just swings the whole slate, knowing this stuff all ahead of time, being really clear about what the plays are going to be and feeling really good about the situations uh, really makes, really makes for a nice situation. I didn't mention Alec Burke, by the way, for Detroit. I think he's also a play. I think you feel pretty good about kind of stacking these two games, really like right now, our top lineup for FanDuel has Alec Burks, LaMelo Ball, Malik Monk, TJ McConnell, Jill McDaniels, Damana Sabonis in it. That's and actually it's ticking around Miles Turner, although I'm not sure that one gets all the way there. Point being, even at the first run, we're looking at four, five, you know, six, seven guys from the first two from that seven o'clock start. That feels pretty good. And on DraftKings, Burks, Davion Mitchell, Bojan, Jalen McDaniels, LaMelo. Uh, Malik Monk and filling in the salary after those guys, that feels pretty good too. Like just as a sort of high baseline, hoping those games stay close. So I think we're going to be in a good spot when it comes to making lineups on this slate. Let's go through a couple other situations that's worth looking at here. Uh, Trey Jones and Jeremy Sochan are going to be out for the Spurs against Philly this game. That does leave a lot of production and minutes for what it's worth with the Spurs out of the mix. It's a terrible matchup against the Sixers, who are really, really good on defense, though the Spurs are home as a 10-point underdog. So uh, just shows you the state of what's happening with this team. 
probably can extract some value if you think minutes on guys like Malachi Branham and Josh Richardson creep into or over the 30-minute mark. Again, I hate the matchup. If they were playing almost anybody else, this would be a lock and load situation. But the Sixers just are not that team. They're a really low-paced team on the season. The defense is top three, no, top five uh, on the year. It's really walking into one of the best matchups. There's blowout possibilities here um, with the Spurs. So there's a lot of reasons to like not be over the moon about the Spurs situation, even though they're missing two of their key starting lineup contributors. The minutes on these starters have been all over the place, except for Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson's minutes are pretty safe in games that stay close, but everyone else like Trey Jones really couldn't have been trusted. Jakob hurdle. The minutes can be really, really low. Uh, some of the other guys are just really low usage, low fantasy uh, sort of upside guys. So I think I don't mind Keldon Johnson, but again, I kind of hate the matchup. So I, in terms of trusting the Spurs, I don't really trust the situation just because of the context around it and how this team has just sort of decided they want to play this season, but missing Trey Jones and Shochan are is that removes a lot from the line. I mean, that removes like what, like 55, 60 minutes uh, per game from the mix. Like that's a lot. So, and that doesn't, it has to go somewhere. So if you know, look for the starting lineup, I think Richardson gets the start. He did start the second half when Trey Jones went out last game. On the other side of the ball, Joel Embiid, been absolutely amazing. Uh, MVP level numbers. Um, that is not news. This guy's over second overall in MVP voting right now, or MVP odds behind Jokic could overtake Jokic at some point. Just been on a complete and utter tear 28 and 11, 30 and 11, 47 and 18, 26 and 10. The Spurs are terrible on defense. This game could get out of hand early, but if you're looking for a place to play and spend up, which we might have to do judging on some of these other situations, Embiid at 11-3 uh, on DraftKings, that's a, that's a spot we can be. I mean, like he's almost guaranteed a double-double. You're a little bit worried about the – you're a little worried about a blowout for sure. We've seen him be able to pile it on in limited minutes, so I don't think you're too at risk of getting completely buzzed off that price. But um, I think that I, I would definitely think about playing up here because the thing is, when it comes, if you have a lot of other just value, which I think we do on this slate right now, there aren't a tremendous amount of spend ups like Embiid is at 11.3 on DraftKings, Tatum at 11,000 against Phoenix as that team kind of is mostly healthy. No, thanks. Lillard against uh Lillard against the Wizards at 10-6. I'd, I'd rather play Embiid. Demonis Sabonis at 10-1 with no Fox. The usage on Sabonis does not go up without Fox, but the minutes should be really high. I could talk myself into that one. And we already mentioned we're playing Lamella. So at some point, you have to just spend the money. And I think from that standpoint, locking in a really good floor around Embiid is probably the way to go. Closing this out, a couple other news and notes. Keep an eye on the Rudy Gobert situation. Nasri did start last game, went completely off. I joked on the last podcast where the Wizard, ah, the Timberwolves played that Gobert was questionable every game and then played. And then uh, just because the way the universe works, I said that, and then he was questionable and sat. So we'll see what happens with him. I I just don't know at this point. Sometimes he's questionable and he plays. Sometimes he's questionable and he sits. I, what, what can you do? I don't think there's a good chance we don't have this information going into lineup lock. It's an eight o'clock start. He was a sort of late scratch last game. If Reed plays, Reed's 124 and 13 in 35 minutes last game. I was OT, so 30 minutes in, in regulation. He's a clear, easy 
click it and forget it or set it and forget it play if he's starting you're not going to get there at these prices on him if he's out of the, if he's coming off the bench so it's a definitely a weird spot hopefully we have the news uh i'm not 100% sure i feel confident that we will and i don't feel confident now that i made the joke before where even if rudy gobert is questionable it doesn't necessarily mean uh he's definitely in the lineup joel Embiid is questionable for this game too he was questionable last game. I, I still think he plays, but maybe they see the Spurs game as an easy game. Um, so I guess we'll have to keep an eye on that situation also. And nothing else really to report here. Precious Achua still makes it for a pretty good deal coming uh, as long as he's starting for the Raptors. And like I said, I think we're probably stacking most of this early slate of games. Maybe you get out on a Friday night and just enjoy your night. Uh, you set your lineups. It's usually, you know, at DFS, you got to set those lineups and hang around the whole time. Maybe we get in a situation where it's like set it, and enjoy your Friday night. Enjoy your Friday night of NBA action. Make sure you sign up for a seven-day free trial at DFSR.com. The link is in the show notes. Make sure you follow along on YouTube. Get, let's get those subscribers numbers up a little bit. That's going to be the goal. We're testing this thing out for the rest of the season, trying to get those YouTube subscriber numbers up and into the stratosphere. Go and subscribe on YouTube. We'll be back again next week talking more hoops.